What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the program. In today's episode, we're going to spin back up to Moscow, and we're going to check in on what's going on with Brian Koberger. Now, Brian Koberger and his team have been grasping at straws at this point in an attempt to find something to leverage to try and get Brian Koberger off. The only problem for them is there's nothing to leverage. At least it doesn't look like it. So his previous attempts have been smacked down by Judge John Judge, and I don't think that it's going to be any different moving forward. Because at this point, it would take legit prosecutorial misconduct for Brian Kohlberger to have that loophole or that technicality that him and his legal team are shooting for. Because short of them finding something wrong with the actual process, chain of custody, something like that, this DNA evidence is going to be introduced and the rest of the evidence that connects it all together and ties it all up in a nice bow, that's going to end up being the death knell, literally, for Brian Koberger. And like I said just a second ago, unless there's some kind of bombshell, groundbreaking evidence that's produced by Brian Koberger's team, I just don't see any way out for this dude. So today, we have an article from Newsweek talking about Brian Koberger and his last-ditch efforts to try and get things tossed out. This article is from Newsweek and the headline, Brian Koberger tries last-ditch effort to get case thrown out. This article was authored by Kalita Rockman. Brian Koberger, the man accused of killing four University of Idaho students, has asked a judge to reconsider the orders denying his motion to have the indictment against him dismissed. And I get the ask, right? But it's kind of like asking your parents for an alpaca when you're a kid and you live in the South Bronx. It's just not going to happen. Koberger, 29, is charged with four counts of murder and one count of burglary in the deaths of Kaylee Gonsalves, 21, Madison Mogan, 21, Zana Carnodal, 20, and Ethan Chapin, 20. The four were found fatally stabbed in an off-campus rental home near the university campus in Moscow on November 13, 2022. At the time of the slayings, Koberger was a graduate student studying criminology at Washington State University in nearby Pullman. He was arrested at his parents' home in Pennsylvania after investigators pieced together DNA evidence, cell phone data, and surveillance video that they say linked him to the crime. The judge entered not guilty pleas on Koberger's behalf last year. He faces the death penalty if convicted. A trial date has not yet been set, but Latah County Prosecutor Bill Thompson has asked for it to be scheduled for this summer. And I always thought that the summer would be the best bet. For all of the circumstances that we've discussed previously, I really think that doing it in the summer is just the right way to go. You have school out, you have less people around town, and you have more of an ability to keep things managed, if you will. Because you know there's going to be a ton of people showing up. It's going to be like a circus. Anytime you have something like this going on, this kind of notoriety, it's going to bring out all the yahoos. Never mind all of the, you know, regular journalists and media that are there to do their job. So choosing the summer here was a good call. And I always thought that it would end up being sometime this summer. And the icing on the cake for me is that it's going to be live streamed. Because if it wasn't going to be live streamed, I was going to have to take my ass up to Idaho. And honestly, I really had no desire to go sit in Moscow this summer. Last year, Koberger's attorneys filed motions asking John Judge to throw out the grand jury indictment against Koberger, alleging that the prosecution improperly withheld evidence from grand jurors. Koberger's lawyers 
also argue that the jurors were biased and that there was insufficient evidence to justify his indictment. Judge rejected those arguments last month, as he should have. There's plenty here to hold this dude. There's plenty here that points directly in the direction of Brian Kohlberger. So there's no way that these indictments were ever going to get tossed unless there was some sort of misconduct. And thus far, that does not seem to be the case. So if that's what they're relying on, they might be in big trouble. I know, I know, breaking news, right? Brian Koberger might be in big trouble, but his defense strategy might really be up against it here. In another effort to get the indictment tossed, Koberger's attorneys filed a motion on December 21st requesting Judge reconsider his previous orders denying the motion to dismiss the indictment. And again, we all know that that was not going to happen. There is enough here that Brian Koberger most certainly has to stand trial. And whatever happens from there, well, that's going to be up to the court and the jury. But from what I can see from my vantage point over here in the peanut gallery, it sure seems like Brian Koberger is cooked. This hearing will be sealed and closed to the public to protect the privacy of the grand jurors and the grand jury procedures, he wrote in his order. And a lot of times, obviously, that's the case. The grand jury is paneled for that reason, to keep it secret and to keep things under wraps. And while I'm not a big fan of the grand jury, it's certainly a tool that the prosecutors can use. And in this scenario, what they were trying to do was head off Brian Koberger's team getting a crack at the witnesses during the preliminary uh, stage. So they figured, let's reach into the toolbox here and we'll use the grand jury indictment instead. Because we all know the process of a grand jury is usually a process that comes out with an indictment. The saying is, if you go to a grand jury, you can get a ham sandwich indicted. So with the evidence that they had on Brian Koberger, was it ever a doubt? Did anyone ever have any doubt that this was going to be what went down? That Brian Koberger ends up indicted and the indictment sticks? Judge scheduled a public hearing for 1 p.m. that day to hear arguments about dismissing the indictment on grounds that inaccurate instructions were provided to grand jurors. Following that, a public hearing on Thompson's request to schedule a trial date will begin. So we're getting down to it now, folks. We're going to get to a point real soon where we have more information. We're going to know when this trial kicks off. We're going to have more of an idea about what's coming. But with the gag order, it's very difficult to ascertain that information because nobody close to the case is speaking to the media or talking to anybody that's outside of the realm of that courtroom. So it's very difficult to get inside information, if you will. But there is zero doubt that Brian Kohlberger is on a crash course with justice. Judge wrote in a December 15th ruling that Kohlberger's defense attorneys had failed to successfully challenge the indictment on grounds of juror bias, lack of sufficient admissible evidence, or prosecutorial misconduct. And those are the only real points that Brian Kohlberger could even try to dig his teeth into. Where does he go from here? If I was him, I'd be focused on my defense, right? All of this technicalities and loopholes and all the rest of it, it's all fine and well. But is it going to work out for Brian Koberger when all is said and done? I have my doubts. We've seen this strategy tried how many times at this point and how many times has it been a failure? Koberger was indicted by an impartial grand jury who had sufficient admissible evidence to find probable cause to believe Koberger committed the crimes alleged by the state, he wrote. 
Further, the state did not engage in prosecutorial misconduct in presenting their case to the jury. So Judge Judge has already looked at all of this and he has found that Brian Koberger has no cause and that the trial will go on as planned. The only question now is, obviously, the logistics surrounding that. When's it going to happen? When's the trial going to kick off? When are we going to get to the pre-trial phase? And those are all questions that will be answered in the coming months. Judge wrote in his ruling that there is no dispute that the correct standard of probable cause was used. The grand jury is not a trial jury. Its function is to screen whether or not there is sufficient evidence to proceed to trial, Judge wrote. The arguments from the defense for a beyond reasonable doubt standard for the grand jury were historically interesting and creative, Judge added, but do not overturn Idaho court's interpretation of the statute, case law, and criminal rules that the standard for the grand jury to indict is probable cause. So what that means is, Judge is saying that the state of Idaho has already set precedent here. And while the arguments made by Ann Taylor and Brian Koberger's team were very creative, very interesting, and certainly worth merit, they didn't move the ball enough to get it over the goal line. A gag order imposed in the case bars the prosecution, defense attorneys, and law enforcement officials from discussing it. So basically every case that comes out now, there's a gag order, and that's not what it was built for. These gag orders, they have their place, right? But they can't just be used all the time indiscriminately, especially considering the scope is supposed to be tailored to be as narrow as possible, and a lot of times that's not what we see. A lot of times we see these gag orders, they're very, very, very overreaching, and a lot of times you'll see them get smacked down a little bit. It'll have to go back before the judge or the appellate court, and then it'll get tailored down to make it a bit more narrow, like we saw in Moscow, but what has that really accomplished as far as the public having information? Nothing, right? So these gag orders, while I feel there's a place for them, I don't think that they should just be something that's installed right away. There has to be cause. So I would hope that moving forward, that gets looked at, but it seems like no matter where we are, what state we're looking at or talking about, if there's a gag order imposed, then the information just stops. And that's certainly been the case up here. But as the information comes out, obviously, we'll get it added to the catalog. And I know it's been slow lately, but the reason for that is we're so far ahead. We're so far ahead of the game that we don't even have court documents really to get to at this point. So we'll keep chugging along. And when there's new information to get to, we'll get it added to the catalog. All of the information that goes with this episode can be found in the description box.